0: That music gets me pumped every time. That's that's what I needed. That's what I needed to get in the spirit and get ready to present to you another episode of Modern Day Atheism, which goes out live every Saturday on YouTube and then on podcast form, in podcast form, every Monday. And we talk about uh, modern day atheist issues. And today, uh, I mean... I'm going to introduce to you my guest, however you have undoubtedly seen this guest on this channel time and time again. And we are here to answer the question everybody is here to ask, which is, hey, when are y'all going to make part three and part four of the Byte model? Welcome everyone uh, uh, or say welcome everyone to Telltale Atheist. They can't actually say it. Yell it at your computer screens all simultaneously right now and we will hear it.
1: I can feel it in my bones, everybody is yelling welcome, so I appreciate that, thanks for having me on.
0: You got it in your bones, you said, yeah? Yeah, in my bones. Mine went right to my prostate, I don't understand why, but...
1: (laughs) Okay. Lucky.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's Not everybody gets to have that thrill in their lifetime. Uh, I want to say a very big special thank you to all of the mods we have here today. Uh, thank you very much, Lucy and Brian and cheez I do see Shannon is also here. However, she immediately gave me the finger. So, <laughs> uh, Shannon knows I love her and I suspect she loves me too, but... I don't have any evidence of love, just like no evidence of, uh, uh, of anything. Right. I'm an atheist. There's no meaning in my life. Right.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you, your life is empty and meaningless as a result of your atheism. You should just die right now. That's all of us should.
0: Wait, listen, uh, please very much please. Uh, anyway, we, we've we been having an interesting week. It's been a mostly good week. Lots of fires, though. Uh, I, yeah. I will say yeah, a big thank you. To, yeah, lots of fires. I will say a big thank you to everybody with the the uh, words of encouragement, the positive response to my video talking a little bit about my mental health and my physical health and how the mental health has been being dragged down by the physical health. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. There's just been... An incredible amount of of um, support which really like it really makes the death threats worth it you know when you go to the email and you're like death threat death threat oh this person says I'm nice Uh, it really it really does help it's actually not that bad of a ratio anymore I get like say five a week not all death threats but like violent kind of stuff
1: Actually, a lot more than I've had in the past. I think I've had a couple, one of which was like really legitimate, like they had my address and stuff. So but you know what? Those are amplified. Honestly, a lot of the time, the positive stuff far outweighs the negative stuff in my case, and I imagine in your case, too. So
0: uh, yeah it's it it is really, really nice. Um, the it's funny because there's already <laughs> there's people already earning bands in the live chat here. Uh, yeah, it's it, it it far outweighs. Now, I will tell you, based on language patterns and stuff, I think if I get five a week, at least two of them are the same person. And with just like very generic, spoofy emails, like I'm pretty sure I'm on to you. Uh, What's weird is, is this all started ramping up just about a month ago, a month and a half ago. There's one video that I think in particular really amplified it. Oddly enough, it's um, uh, the one that was seven Bible verses that Christians would rather ignore. Uh, That's when things started really coming in with with a heavy amount of frequency. So, uh, yeah, it's... It was good. It was it was good stuff. Uh, I also, Telltale, why don't you tell people about your channel while I work on editing the video here because the live chat clearly needs to be on slow mode.
1: Sure. Uh, so I'm Telltale, a lot of you probably know me by now. I'm uh, a frequenter of Jimmy's channel, it seems. But talk a lot about cults, cult-like mindsets, how people Um, employ these cult-like mindsets and how they control others and and things like that it's really fascinating and it's also very heartbreaking in its own way Um, but I feel like understanding this stuff is pretty important Um, so that's why I talk about it Uh, so yeah
0: that's my channel Good deal. Yeah, uh, and somebody asked. Uh, somebody just asked in the live chat whether or not Mr. Atheist and Jimmy are the same person. Yes, I am. I am also Jimmy. Mr. Atheist is um, mm. funny enough. Was not what I was named. Uh, and as you all know by now, Mr. Atheist was not my father. Uh, that's that's the running. I don't believe you. That's my end outline. Oh, if you ever met my father, you'd fucking believe me. Jesus fucking Christ. And in okay. fact, I think that's the perfect segue into tonight's topic which we have made no plan for, no outline for. We're just going to wing it, and yet I'm feeling very good and confident about it because we're going to be talking about uh, Telltale here was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I was raised as a Mormon. Both of these are cults, Uh, and we're just going to trauma bond, basically, for the entire episode. We're just going to talk about—we'll take some questions from the audience as I— Remember to look down at the live chat and stuff, but we're just going to let a, a discussion flow freely and really talk about what was the same and what was different about our upbringing uh, as far as Jehovah's Witnessism. Is that is that what you would? Is that the correct terminology?
1: No, I I don't know. The, here's the thing about them. Uh, when I was younger, they used to tell us, "You're not supposed to say." I am a Jehovah's Witness. You're supposed to say, I am one of Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, mm. So it's it's kind of a weird phrasing there, like the religion is called Christian Congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't know. It's called uh, JWs I see. or something.
0: I see, okay, okay, so they don't have, like I'm trying to figure out what the equivalent would be of Mormonism, Mormonism. to Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, as far as we have Mormons. I guess it'd
1: just be JWism, Jehovah's Witnessism, yeah. It doesn't really fit as well. Yeah. Yeah, The whole
0: thing's, the whole thing's weird. Oh, okay. Well, let's see. Let's start off with this. I want to know as a child to a teenager, what was your in in, it? You don't have to go in great detail. Just give a general idea of what your daily life or kind of your weekly schedule, I guess, more than your daily life. What was the schedule of being a young Jehovah's Witness?
1: From my understanding, Mormons have uh, a more intensive routine. Uh, So as a Jehovah's Witness, if I was doing everything I was supposed to do, I would go to the meeting on Sunday morning. That was two hours long. Then I would wait 15 minutes after it ended. So 12.15, everybody would meet, or 12.30, and we'd all go knocking on doors until like 3, 4 p.m., Uh, And then on Monday, this has changed recently how they schedule their meetings, but on Monday night we'd have a book study, which was an hour long. We'd meet at somebody's house. Uh, That was intended to be uh, kind of like a sleeper cell. So when Armageddon took place, we would go to this person's house at the time. Um, We were supposed to get close to each other and prepare for Armageddon, basically. Um, And then on Wednesday night, it would be, I think, like, let me think. Six thirty? No, it would be seven thirty to nine thirty, something like that. Two hours meeting again, um, and in between all of that stuff on Saturday, nine a.m. We'd show up and knock on doors again for at least four or five, six hours sometimes. Um, and between all that stuff, we're supposed to study the literature. We're supposed to be underlining the answers to the questions that they put in the books and things like that. So that's the kind of thing that I had to do. Um, they, they kind of set it up intentionally to drain a lot of your time. So you didn't really have time to kind of think and right. reflect on your life.
0: So uh, this, is, this is definitely one of those things where you and I have already talked privately. And I'll, I'll go ahead and give the spoiler here. Uh, as cults go... When we, we've done these videos now assessing Mormonism as a cult and we've covered the first two parts of the Byte model. Uh, and we have two more coming out. Basically both of our schedules got extremely conflicting but we're planning on recording the, the thought control version, uh, not version, uh, uh, addition I guess of it. Category. Because the bite. yeah, the Byte model is four categories. Uh, behavior control.
1: Information. But,
0: there we go, information control which Oh I, man! Uh, uh, thought control and um,
1: emotion control.
0: Emotion control. I knew all four of those. Man, I should have. I should have really looked at that before going in because I just fine. think I look like a genius right now. But uh, uh, we've so we're doing thought control next. We've already covered behavior control uh, and information control, and both of those. It, We only needed to get through the first one to realize just how bad in behavior control things are. Uh, For Mormonism, I I think it is clear when you assess against the BITE model, which I think is the best way to assess if something is a cult, that it absolutely is. So we have this scoring system that Telltale invented, uh, and it's basically a scale of one to, is it 23? What's the highest number?
1: 21. 21.
0: But it gets, it grows exponentially. It's the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, yeah. the Fibonacci sequence. And so, uh, I will definitely admit right off of the bat that score-wise, Jehovah's Witnesses are are a little cultier than Mormonism. But speaking about our daily lives, uh, I'm going to go with when I was roughly 14, because that's kind of the peak of when they start to really get heavy into the indoctrination. And so on Sundays, we had three hours of church. uh, And then my father, for me personally, this isn't everybody's experience, but my father was a bishop uh, for much of my life. So I often had to be at church a couple hours early with him and stay late with him. It was only me who had to do that because um, I didn't get along with any of my siblings. And I have a lot of them. At present day, I have 12 of them. But this would have been mostly concerning anywhere from five to seven of them. Um, So I, I often got that extra dose of church. Now, it isn't uncommon for there to also be some kind of Sunday evening activity, lesson, that kind of stuff. Pretty much one Sunday a month, you were guaranteed that. In addition to that, every day that I had school, I had something called seminary. It went for about an hour. Uh, And so basically you would start every day with church. On Wednesday evenings, we attend, basically we had our youth group activities for uh, the men, uh, for the boys rather. It was Boy Scouts of America, but with a huge Mormon influence on it, starting everything off and ending everything off with prayer and uh, and, and bringing everything back to that. Uh, and sometimes we would just blatantly leave the Boy Scout stuff behind and it would be some kind of church lesson. Uh, then on Saturdays, usually about twice a month, there would be some kind of activity also. Uh, for the teenagers and then and so that's your typical week. Obviously, there are other things that same thing with Jehovah's Witnesses I'm like we would have uh, uh, Things like general conference twice a year which pretty much takes up your whole Saturday and your whole Sunday and that's Basically the entire world of Mormons having one meeting just a lot of people remotely over satellite Obviously you had uh, you have similar conferences right? Je- Jehovah's Witnesses do
1: yeah, we do we have three per year one day two days and three days
0: Yeah and so it's. By the way, uh, I
1: hear some, some people are saying I have an echo. I don't know uh, if it's on your end or my end or what.
0: Um, are they saying that your sound is coming back through my mic or something? Or what is the...
1: Not sure. It's uh, yeah. in the live chat. <clears throat>
0: say something again?
1: Test, I'm saying something. I love using words to say things with them because they're yeah. fun.
0: I just did the live show monitor. So I think it's... Yeah, I think it's just you i i think that's just what what really? it sounds like y'all just got to deal with it i'm am fr- afraid that's w- um weird yeah a- and so the uh at the end of the day we are still talking about something that's a very heavily involved now on the personal level while not all families did this they were encouraged to we also finished every single day with family scripture reading and family prayer Uh, every Monday evening was dedicated to something called Family Home Evening. Family Home Evening is actually something that without the church's slant is not a terrible idea. And it's basically like, a hey, once a week, we as a family have decided this hour to hour and a half period, we are going to spend it as a family trying to be friends, basically. Uh, The hard part is with me, being such an outsider in a black sheep, that was fucking hell for me always like did not like it. And what it ended up turning into was basically we had our, our nightly family scripture reading, but now on Mondays, you just weren't allowed to do anything before or after it. Like you just had to be at home with the family. And then occasionally my parents would try to add some spin to it, like maybe bringing in a dessert or having a a lesson that was more than just reading the scriptures, uh, but that was, mm-hmm. that was pretty much what it came down to. We also, um, this is something I'm curious about if you have anything that's similar. My family, we pretty much didn't read the Bible. Uh, I definitely did in like seminary and stuff and I did in church and I privately read the Bible. But as a family, we only read the Book of Mormon because pretty much that's the only one that Mormons think actually counts uh, or at least it's much really more important it's more I didn't
1: know that they considered it more important like that
0: so there are some Mormons that will be very blatant about it and tell you that the Bible is basically the tool of the apostasy so there's like really good things in it however because it led to so many churches being formed and so many versions of a religion that the Book of Mormon is a necessary book to come along for there to even be a true religion because everyone basically fucked up so badly with the Bible and their narrative is like, but the Book of Mormon leads you to one path, which actually ignores that there are offshoots of Mormonism, they're just not very popular.
1: That's funny. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting, okay. So let me ask you this then. how much time per week would you say you devoted to worship? That includes meetings and activities of various sorts and studying the book or whatever.
0: Uh, on a typical week, probably closer to the 20-hour mark on like an intense week with extra meetings or whatever else. It could get as high as 40, especially during the summer when they're making you do like uh, uh, the especially for youth program and things of that nature. It can get pretty high. And again, I was a bishop's son, so there's extra pressure.
1: Now, what is a bishop exactly?
0: So you have uh, you have wards which are basically anybody who's ever been gone to a church. If your church had people in a region that all showed up at the same time, that would be called one ward. And so you have Mormon church buildings and everybody in a certain in a certain boundary uh, was assigned to a specific time to go to church and that was, you went with your ward. So sometimes a building would have multiple wards or if it was a, a population of less than, I think it's less than 120 people, but I could be wrong on what the numbers are, that was actually called a branch instead of a ward. So you have a ward which is a region of people all and the leader of that ward is called the bishop. They they are the presiding member of the meetings because they do this weird almost parliamentary bullshit at the beginning like they will literally say like uh, uh, either the bishop or one of the counselors will get up and be like. Uh, welcome today and then it'll be like I'm not gonna use my my dad's real last name so I'll just go with Smith because that's the most common Mormon one to be like uh, today's meeting is presided over by President Smith with uh, uh, such, such and such counselors in attendance also and if somebody higher up came they would say that person so if a member of the stake presidency was there or a stake presidency is a bigger region basically you wards all are parts of stakes and then you'd have districts above that and those were presided over by uh, what are called 70 or general authorities and then you have above that the apostles and the prophet um
1: really interesting
0: yeah and and so we uh uh anytime anybody like would visit it would again start thanks for coming today today's meeting is presided over by president smart who would be the stake president and that's actually the name of one of my old stake presidents um and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, 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 sucked. Uh, you were telling me though about temple halls and stuff and that they've had to be, they've basically been consolidating them and financially surviving yeah. on that. What, tell, tell the audience yeah. about that.
1: Okay. Um, basically they, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a cold. They, all right. So they've been hemorrhaging money lately because they, of these child abuse uh, like cases. They've been sued out the wazoo over this stuff lately, which is a good thing. So to deal with that, they basically have these. Um, they have they own the Watchtower Society owns all of these kingdom halls, like and all of the land and everything. Some of the time the land is gifted to them by donors. Some of the time um, the the people who are like the congregation will buy the supplies to build the kingdom halls, things like that. But either way, worst case scenario, you have um, a kingdom hall being built by the congregation. It's called a quick build and it happens in one weekend from the moment they lay out the, the ground, like the, the foundation to the moment the last brick is put up and the drywall is up and everything. Um, so they'll have these quick builds which is about two days long, and the entire congregation, 140 people, come in and do it, put it all together. Um, so the the Watchtower Society is actually paying a, an insanely low price for these kingdom halls to be constructed.
0: Just the uh, cost of materials case, if the materials aren't donated, basically, right?
1: Yes, yeah, pretty much, because yeah. all the labor is free. And that's yeah. kind of the price, uh, that, that's the highest price for a house, is the labor, right? Right. Uh, those and supplies like may the cost land 20, is free. 30 grand.
0: Yeah. Land, all that's free. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So even worst case scenario, they're paying fifty thousand dollars for a property that is worth two hundred and fifty thousand or three hundred thousand sometimes because it's you know it's such high quality and everything. So what they've been doing is they've been having Jehovah's Witness congregations build New Kingdom halls for dirt cheap and then selling off the old ones, consolidating all of them. So they'll have two or three congregations in the same Kingdom Hall, and they'll do what's called overbooking, like where airlines will you know, sell 100 seats on their airplane, even though there are only 80, uh, because right. 20% of the people are expected to not show up. So that's what the Kingdom Hall is doing. They'll put 170 in one congregation, knowing only 150 will show up. Um, and then they're, yeah, they're selling off the old Kingdom Halls and, making just a ton of money from it, basically. That's how it's been happening. Uh, They announced this master plan, is what they call it, quote unquote. They announced it probably last year or something, and people are really pissed off about it. Like, they made a bunch of videos, the Jehovah's Witnesses did, propaganda videos about how if you're assigned to North Congregation and your family is assigned to South Congregation, then you go to North Congregation and you don't ask questions, you just do it. So it's pretty crazy. (laughs)
0: It's funny because we've actually in Mormonism. I had heard similar stories. It was never done at the national level, but it was literally like, hey, I have a family friend who's in over there. I'd be more comfortable over there. And most of the times it was like, no, absolutely not. You're called basically to be in the ward. God wants you in this ward. That's why you live there. That kind of stuff. But what's funny is. Privilege is extended to people who are connected to other people. So, for example, I ended up going, because my dad is well-respected in the church, I ended up going to what is called Young Single Adults Ward before everybody else, uh, literally at 17 years old, which is not supposed to be the case anyway. But because there was no other real youth in my uh, in my ward, they figured that was the best way, which ended up being amazing because it was the easiest way for me to get away not attending at all. Um, But we have this thing called YSA, Young Single Adults, where at 18 to age 31, you actually attend a church uh, award just for the single people. Basically, they take all the single people in the stake unless the stake is too big and that would require traveling. But yeah, you, you it is just a marriage mill. It's literally come to here while you're single the moment you get married you get sent back to a family ward based on your region and it's literally like return missionaries and all women who come here need to be their goal needs to be get get married as fucking soon as possible uh, that and,
1: is super interesting okay let me ask yeah. you this then about that uh, is marrying outside of the religion kind of heavily discouraged or is it against the rules or what's the deal
0: so there is not a okay so there is and there isn't blatant rules about it basically people do get married their consequences are usually the biggest ones are the social consequences if they get married outside of the religion however you are told growing up that you are called by god and that it's even a part of some of the covenants you make that you are going to basically have a Mormon family and that you're going to have a temple marriage. So basically the rules are you have to be headed for a temple marriage without explicitly saying with another Mormon. But the only people you can't even attend a temple marriage if you're not Mormon, which is something a lot of families are hurt by that they don't get to attend their family members wedding because they aren't and I'm not. This is the Mormon word not me trying to do the normal like uh uh like reading between the lines they are told you aren't allowed to go to the mormon temple if you're not mormon because you aren't worthy that is their right that's the word they use you aren't worthy to be in god's house basically you can be there's a visitor center or like a a reception area you can be there but you can't go inside the back area and this is one of the things they use to actually blackmail their membership into keeping their tithing paid and to control their behavior because the biggest consequence of not paying your tithing is losing what is called a temple recommend, which is basically a permission slip to attend the temple because you have been verified to be worthy. If you don't pay your tithing, they will withdraw your worthiness and your temple recommend and you will be denied entrance. You, you can't go.
1: Withdraw worthiness for not paying money. You have got to love it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, someone was asking if this was a cult or not. 10% of your income net, Yeah. not gross, before taxes. Just saying. Yeah, That it's
1: is most definitely a cult. It is. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think all of the leading cult experts in the field say that it's a cult even uh so it's not like a controversial thing at all it's it's definitely a
0: cult it just is a cult just deal with it uh uh, i wanted to ask you then in return and by the way may i just say that you and i had both expressed beforehand a little bit of anxiety about should is this going to be good if we're not going in with an outline we're fucking nailing this uh i'm kidding i'm kidding to my audience i'm not really that full of myself i am not Never mind. I was going to make a dig at an individual we both know. Anyway, uh, uh, the but we don't actually like that individual, so that's just mean spirited. Right. I wanted to ask yeah. you about. So I told you we have bishops, then we have uh, uh, stake presidents, seventy area authorities, basically, and then apostles and prophet. Is yeah. there any kind of power structure, power ladder, that kind of thing that is similar? With in, Jehovah's
1: Witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is. I would say that uh, the Governing Body is what they're called now. They are the, I think they're like seven of them or something like that. And they live in New York on the cult compounds. Um, they control everything. They make the rules and they control the finances and the just the everything. Um, all rules and commands are passed down from them. And it wasn't always like that. I mean, they always passed down the rules. Uh, I think they've existed since like the 60s or 70s before that was a president. But now it's a governing body. And they were very much hidden behind the scenes, like they were right. not a public, they were not publicly known, nobody even knew what they looked like, or who they were, except for the people on the compound. Um, but now recently, they've decided to kind of come out and make themselves public for lack of a better term and some of them are really freaking crazy like one of them tony morris says really insane stuff like he was in the vietnam war before he became a jehovah's witness and he says some really horrific stuff about what he saw there and he's like you think it's uh you think it's Horrifying to see like a dead animal on the side of the road, you haven't seen anything. And then like has gone into describing what he saw in Vietnam and said, That's what we're expecting to see at Armageddon. So get ready, <laughs> people. It's not gonna be pretty. It's like, oh my god. So anyway, shit. ironically, he's my mom's favorite one.
0: Does he share oh that kind of shit happens in Mormonism too? Does he uh does he share mm-hmm. with uh kids those stories? Like he's he's being uh-huh. visceral. Yeah. Oh man. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he
1: says things like, talks about, uh, have you ever seen a hot dog split open on a grill and things like that? And it's really horrifying. Like, I don't want to go into too much detail, but yeah, he's a crazy dude. So anyway, uh, (sighs) the the governing body controls everything. They pass things down to, uh, let me think now, they have district overseers, which kind of oversee, it's just like one guy for a tri-state area, for example. Then they got circuit yep. overseers, and circuit overseers travel from congregation to congregation, given talks. And then you got the elders, and the elders pretty much call all the shots. They do all the disfellowshipping and all of the all of the major decisions. They handle everything, so.
0: Are any of these Actually, at any level uh, uh, prophets, prophets, basically? Do they, do they get prophecy or claim they get prophecy on behalf of any individuals?
1: Um, they don't use the word prophecy, but the governing body fancies themselves prophets. They will I see. Um, make they'll say things like, we know that the end is coming on this date and it, Jehovah revealed it to us, things like that. So I don't know if they'd actually use the word, but they are de facto prophets in their own eyes. I mean, that's what they that that's what they call themselves. So
0: if if they use the word reveal, then that's so Mormons intertwine in fact, it's probably more popular to say revelation now than prophecy, because obviously prophecy has a certain association of Go yell at me on the fucking street corner kind yep. of thing. Uh, uh, but in Mormonism, everybody has everybody who has a position of leadership is entitled to prophecy over whoever they are leadership of, except for all women. Literally. Right. It's So basically, even if you are a, a woman in a leadership position. So the bishop has the right to revelation for any member of their congregation. Same thing with the stake president, but more broadly region. Same thing with the area authorities and same thing with the apostles. And then the prophet has authority for prophecy over the entire church. Um, and, and at that point, they're not even trying to not sound culty because. He's literally called the prophet. In fact, most Sundays that you attend, uh, if, if, if everybody watching right now went to a Mormon service this Sunday, of the 747 who are live watching this second, 600 of you will hear the song it goes like this. I'll, I'll even sing it a little. We'll thank thee, O God, for a prophet to guide us in these latter days. We thank thee for sending the gospel. I'm mostly doing this to traumatize my ex-Mormon following. Uh, right. That's uh, funny. To lighten our minds with its rays. Um, I mean, they are very, they're very, but bla- for these people who claim to not actually worship their prophets, they literally have songs praising Joseph Smith. In fact, it's called Praise to the Man. And this one goes to traumatize even more people. Praise to the man who communed with Jehovah. Oh, fuck. I forgot that Jesus anointed that prophet and seer. I'm actually losing the lyrics on that one.
1: Okay. So I understand that. How high did you go in the Mormon church? Did you go pretty high up or...
0: Uh, I got so blazed. Oh, no, no, no. That was a terrible joke. Yeah. Um, I so I made it to priest and technically I'm still on the books as a priest, but that's not that exciting. So at 12 years old, you become a deacon. A deacon is capable of distributing the sacrament. At 14 years old, you become a teacher. A teacher gets the ability to uh, uh, prepare the sacrament prior to its distribution. And then at 16, you become a priest. Priests can baptize, though they can't give you the Holy Ghost. They can only baptize and they can bless the sacrament. I never made it to elder, which is what happens right before you go on your mission, because I never went on a mission.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, You said that they can baptize but not give the Holy Ghost. What does that mean?
0: Elders can give the Holy Ghost. So basically, when you join the Mormon church, it's done in two parts. You are baptized, and then a bunch of dudes come, only dudes, because they're the only ones with authority. Uh, right. A bunch of dudes come and put their hands on your head, and one of them does this blessing and gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, this is usually at eight years old for people who are born into the church. Mm. Um, and that is when you now have a supernatural ability to discern good from evil and basically have a an angel on your shoulder that will help direct you to do things correct which clearly plays out because all mormons just have all of their shit together
1: right yeah it's (laughs) just like scientology where when you go clear which costs about a hundred thousand dollars takes about three or four years when you go clear you're supposedly not supposed to get sick at all and and you can control things with your mind and look where right. they are. Did you hear about the ship recently, actually, that was quarantined for measles?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: The Scientology ship. So that's just flies right in the face. But, anyways. Yeah. Okay. So you can receive the Holy Ghost uh, from an elder. Why don't they just combine baptism and receipt of the Holy Ghost?
0: Basically, they think it's two separate rituals. They think that baptism. Okay. So when you are baptized, every sin that you have, and bu- this is without exception. So this literally includes rape and murder. When you are baptized, right. every sin you have committed between you and God is wiped clean. It's as though you never did right. it. That's the ritual of baptism, which is a separate ritual. In fact, a lot of times you'll be baptized. I shouldn't say a lot of times, but this uh, I I think this is how it worked with me. Maybe I'm it's so hard because I was so young. I don't know if I'm thinking of me or a sibling, but I'm fairly certain I was baptized on my birthday, which was either a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and then the following Sunday, was the ritual of the extension of the Holy Ghost. I'm almost positive it was the following Sunday because I remember being up in front of the congregation and basically uh the way they do that they have a little area next to where the bishop and everything stands because the podium area where people speak is a little raised and you Mm -hmm. go over and in front of the congregation you are extended this blessing to receive the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it'll include a little extra like uh, uh, it, usually it's extended by a family member. They might point out some of your like strengths and then call on you mm. to use those strengths with the Holy Ghost to always serve God. Uh, when you do that blessing also, and the baptism, you are also taking a covenant, which is to Mormons a promise that if you break, it's not just like a promise you've broken with a human, it's a promise you've broken with God and therefore is an unbreakable promise. At eight years old, you promise to never leave the Mormon Church. At eight years old, you promise that you have, that you know the church is true. At eight years old. See,
1: that's that's actually a problem that I've had, and I've talked about this before at some point, I don't remember when, but my issue with that is if you're not old enough to make a decision as serious and impactful as getting married to somebody, for example, or getting a tattoo even, Why are you allowed to dedicate your life to an organization? Uh, You're basically signing a social contract with this organization. It's the same with Jehovah's Witnesses. Seems wrong, right?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I would say that it should be treated with the same seriousness that we treat anything uh, that requires being an adult to consent to. I don't think the... I mean, we have the age of consent, obviously, for sex, but also we say you don't have broader decisions over what your body does uh, until you're 18, right. so smoking cigarettes, um, 21 yeah. for drinking, which is still this, the weirdest, most arbitrary separation of yeah, ages it's... that I've never fucking understood, but yeah. I don't even drink, Military and I don't get the fucking rule. Even. Right, yeah, you can join either. them. You can join the military, which is uh, uh, the funny thing is I always I whenever we get into this military mention military stuff I always wish my brother was on with me because he served. Uh, a lot of people, especially people who escaped cults and religions like Mormonism, identify that the military purposefully uses cult-like uh, uh, tactics. Mm, yeah, in, totally for their for their uh, for the, the people who serve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yep. I, And one hundred percent. I appreciate I, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on the military here. I come from a military family with military siblings. I, however, see it is extremely unfortunate that um, I think the reason why you see politically oftentimes a lot of homogeny within the military is that same breakdown. It's you you do to be a good soldier, uh, give up your personality. Now, that said. That is not a universal rule. I have a tremendous number of really great friends who are in the military. So, uh, but it's abuse is abuse, no matter where abuse happens.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. That's kind of a tough subject to cover. It's because it's hard to know what angle to come from with it. But uh, yeah, I I, I didn't, even
0: though I tried to serve, I was rejected for medical reasons. Uh, Mm. I should be specific because somebody could be an asshole about it. I was looking to join the Air Force at around 18, I went to a doctor, we discussed my things and he basically made it clear that they would never accept me. So I shouldn't say I was rejected as in I put in my paperwork and then it was taken away. I withdrew my own personal consideration for medical reasons. But anyway, back to Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnessicism. Yeah. Witness. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Witnessicism. We can also say the words. I, I love as creators how often we have to say the phrase "I edited it." Uh, this is yeah, also edited. Pete Holmes has a whole joke about it, but I feel like it's one of those things where you know when you hear a joke from a comedian, you're like, everybody's made that joke, bro. And I think everybody in like photography and video creation has pointed out how ridiculous "edited it" was. Uh, how it hard it
1: is to comp- like like to uh, say those. Uh, sounds back to back like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, edited it, it, it. I edited like it, it, it. it up. I edited it, yeah. it, it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, back to the original topic at hand. Um, as a Jehovah's Witness, you were asking me a bit about. Uh, well, we're let Let's start actually with the most recent topic, and then I want to ask you some about marriage stuff as well. Um, baptism, though. What? When do you become an official member? Is baptism a part of the ritual for Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, When when are you all in? When is the equivalent to what I talked about as far as being eight years old, you make your eternal promise?
1: Well, I mentioned the hierarchy before. That was from the top down, from governing body to elder. But there is another kind of hierarchy, I guess you could say, from the bottom up, you become an unbaptized publisher. And that's basically somebody who isn't baptized yet, but who they're willing to use for their goals, right? <laughs> yeah. To knock on doors. And stuff. You're allowed to knock on doors as an unbaptized publisher uh, with the guidance of another person, uh, a baptized person. And then you get baptism. And they've actually been pushing people to get baptized younger and younger. they have shooting for like seven years old eight years old nine years old and i know the i think it's the age of accountability is eight for mormons
0: yeah exactly Uh, they
1: don't really they don't have the same thing with jehovah's witnesses but they try to shoot for that age which is insanely young like i said i i was actually kind of the first first in my congregation at like 13 14 years old um so it's not a hard and fast rule with it but once you get baptized you're kind of a full member and you actually baptized males are valued way more than females in general like if you have been studying a book with your mother um this whole time and now you get baptized you are expected to lead the like the whole thing. You're expected to read the paragraphs. You're expected to say the prayers. 11 years old, 10, nine years old. You're supposed to lead the prayers. <laughs> if she wants to lead the prayers and study the books, instead, she has to wear what essentially amounts to a hijab. She has to wear like a head covering. Um, that's pretty Fuck. insane. So, okay, so yeah. actually,
0: that brings up a good question for me. Because I I told you about the experience and then on my other channel, Jimmy Snow, what do you know, I actually, do you like that little plug? Uh, I actually shared out my example, my story of the Jehovah's Witnesses coming to my door and there was a young boy, adorable as hell, with the big glasses, dressed up Mm -hmm. in like like he's going to a fucking wedding himself. Uh, And he spoke to me while his mother was nearby. Is that yeah. reflective of that relationship? Or is that just simply trying to train him? To Not do necessarily.
1: That kind of uh, people who are born into it, um, they actually commonly just start from age two, like as soon as they can. I, I gave my first tract out at a door when I was two years old. So you don't have to be an unbaptized publisher if, for example, both of your parents are already uh, like baptized and preaching and things regularly. You can go anytime. But I did become an unbaptized publisher, uh, even though I had already been knocking on doors and things up to that point. I think I was maybe eight years old. And once I became an unbaptized publisher, they actually put me on the Theocratic Ministry School, is what it's called, where you can go up on stage and give talks like public appearances read from the bible that kind of thing so eight years old when i started doing that they gave me a special book that explained about eye contact and about using uh and um and you know things like that you know right Uh, so yeah that's that's kind of when i started but i hadn't really made many public appearances since I was a Jehovah's Witness until fairly recently. So they trained me to do this job and here I am doing it. Kind of interesting. There you go.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because you were mentioning, uh, uh, basically in talking about how everybody participates in your first time giving a sermon basically. Did you all have anything, so uh, regarding like our, our our participation, Jimmy's tongue doesn't work today but it will when it counts. Anyway, right. uh, the, the participation, basically on Sundays, most meetings are actually like the lessons and stuff are usually given by membership. Now, the final talk, uh, uh, basically, there's usually three talks and it's usually uh, you'll have either somebody young or, or somebody basically just a rando from the congregation, will get a couple of minutes, then you'll have another talk which will be a little bit longer, 10 to 15 minutes, uh, and that will be given to by a person who usually has a little more authority, this is usually where they might slip a woman in, and then the final talk is usually given by uh, almost always, I actually can't think of an instance, I don't, I'm just now realizing it might actually not be okay for a woman to give the final talk, but I could be wrong. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I can't think of an instance of ever watching a final talk given by a woman Uh, uh, because it usually was somebody who was what's called a high priest, which is the uh, thing above elder. Certainly it was, there were elders too who would give it, but um, uh, this is, it it was considered the most significant part. And that was always given by uh, a member as well. Um, That starts at 12 years old though. I gave my first talk, uh, in mm-hmm. front of the congregation at 12. Prior to that, though, we had this thing. Every first Sunday of the month was called Fast and Testimony Meeting. And basically it was open mic at the Mormon Church. Never funny. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, anybody could get up. You were expected to keep it short. In fact, you kind of everybody kind of thought you were a dick if you went for more than five minutes or so. Uh, but mm-hmm. everybody, you up got up,
1: time.
0: you got up, you said, I'm bearing my testimony that this church is true. Here's a story from this month that happened that affirmed my belief in it. And then you uh, almost all of them end with, so I'd like to bear my testimony. I know this church is true. I love this church or I love my family or something along those lines mm. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, which is in a way a vain repetition, but we don't have time to go down that yeah. path. Uh, anything similar there where it was a community involvement, open mic night at the worst apollo ever too much
1: uh <laughs> well i did hear uh they have like a question and answer section at the kingdom hall usually it was on wednesday nights which it changes uh nights from kingdom hall to kingdom hall congregation to congregation but <clears throat> sorry mm-hmm. they had a question and answer part uh where you they would have Uh, like a piece of literature, like a magazine or a book they were studying or something like that, and they would have in the paragraph something that they wanted you to say, and then they'd have a question at the bottom of the paragraph that would direct straight to that point. Um, Like they'd say, we need to love Jehovah with all our heart, and then in the paragraph, and then the question would be, how What attitude do we have to have toward Jehovah? Something like that, yeah. so you would underline it and quote it back. And it, that's kind of how their brainwashing worked. But <laughs> I would, uh, kids usually would raise their hand for the question and answer part and they would say that yeah. basically. Um, so condescending but they would, though. I mean, oh, it is the, ridiculously.
0: My favorite yeah. color is red or Jehovah's favorite color is red. What is Jehovah's favorite color?
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. So they would have little kids usually do the super simple questions, you know, like they'd try to get them involved and all that. But the adults sometimes will raise their hand and tell honest stories about something that happened to them and how this relates to it. You know, I love Jehovah because this thing happened to me. And it'd be like thirty second, a minute long, something like that. It was ridiculous.
0: Which that I mean, that's literally just trying to causation tie things. In a way, it's it's not gaslighting, I guess, because you're not you're not meant to doubt your sanity, but it is meant to make you draw mental associations between. Reaffirm. Yeah, it's it's, it's just a huge part of Yeah, it's like
1: confirmation that. bias and correlation and everything. you you're trying to reinforce it, and people feel like it's more important and real and relevant if they hear a personal story behind it. So that's kind of their goal.
0: And when you presume at the beginning, this is Jehovah and you present it as that way. What what alternative? It's almost like there's this this really shitty thing, especially the cultier religions do, but I think everyone does, where basically a person says, I know God lives because he did this for me. And now people are trying to make it appear like you're being bigoted. If you just ask the question, how do you know that was God? And you are it wasn't just happenstance or you're just an idiot. I mean, if you say the yep. idiot part, they will they'll definitely be more offended. You're right. But but let's let's be clear. A lot of times these are intellectual connections being made that shouldn't be made. It's I don't actually think all religious people are idiots. So for the record, no hot take here. But. Uh, right. I do think a certain level of religious association and correlation, correlation drawing is absolutely a failing, of of your brain, uh, and almost yeah. an elective failing.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I was actually talking to Seth Andrews about this a little while back, um, maybe in a video or something. But he was talking about how s- some of the smartest people come up with like the most twistiest knot to twist their mind into to make this make sense, like the finding patterns and the craziest things Um, so some of the smartest people really find the best ways to justify religion to themselves until they finally find their way out so Yeah. there is that
0: totally, totally alright, it's your turn to come up with a question about Mormonism I think
1: alright, okay, let me ask so we talked a little bit about like the the hierarchy and things like that yeah uh can you tell me when all right so there have been lgbt issues in the mormon church right there was a law i'm sorry there was a rule passed recently um that was basically opening it back up do you
0: know can you tell me a little bit about that yeah. OK. So first of all, the problems with the the LGBTQIA plus problems mm. for the Mormon church are really problems for society, because one of the most incredible yeah. things that, that you start to find out when you leave the church and you start to inspect where the money goes and stuff. The Mormon church has way more political power than any of you realize. Uh, and it it is there is a reason why just the dollar amount we know the Mormon church has is on par with Catholicism. And then it's the behind the That's doors that crazy. a lot of people think that it's impossible for the Catholic for the Mormon Church to be as uh, as well invested, I suppose, as the Catholic Church. It turns out it's not. I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not going to come here and claim the Mormon Church has more money than the Catholic Church. That does seem unlikely. However, they are competing it's much more. Yeah, it, it, it's closer than people realize. They have they have been the driving forces behind a lot of political movements and this has been especially true of things that affect, I now prefer the term GRSM, gender romantic and sexual minorities, uh, but behind those things. Proposition 8, that was the Mormons. I mean, it just was. And then there was another proposition, I think it was Prop 11 or Prop 12 in Hawaii that was about the same thing. They also just put a tremendous- Just to clarify,
1: uh, Prop 8 was in California originally, right? And that was where they were trying to ban gay
0: marriage? So, no, way worse. It added to the state's constitution that marriage would only be recognized by the state when between a man and a woman, which meant it not only prevented gay marriage going forward and in the future, it annulled existing gay marriages to anybody who lived in the state. So it just
1: completely undid what already existed.
0: It's total gay erasure, basically. Um, Jesus. So... And they have been doing this worldwide. They recently tried to interfere with the same Australia thing. And then uh, recently, Utah voted in medicinal marijuana. And the Mormon Church said, great. We're not having that though, and basically rewrote new legislation at the state level and new restrictions that would add huge amounts of restrictions. Utah State, make no mistake of it. While America might be a secular nation, Utah is a total theocracy, and it and it is run by the Mormon Church. It yeah, it's it's a terrible place. Um, So regarding these rules, this was within the church. There was a revelation from Thomas Monson that they didn't even reveal until after his death. Uh, but the current president uh, basically said, no, that was that was an actual revelation uh, that children of gay couples should not be allowed to be baptized or receive uh, their baby blessing, which is a stupid Ritual that no one has ever taken any heed to. It's just a it, it right. words, things are said in the baby blessing. No one takes record of it. No one keeps track of it. No one gives a crap about what's said in the baby blessing. Right. Uh, but that's when your name I- is introduced to, and that's like now it really is your name, even though you then later in life get a new name at the temple. Um, Do you? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I can talk about that here in a second. But all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically, saying you can't be a member of the church until after you turn 18 and then you can't be living with your gay parents and you have to basically state a a total rebuke of their lifestyle. Um, you have to turn on your parents for the church and then you can be baptized in the Mormon church. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, they, that was a revelation from God that they should do that. And then at last general conference, I think it was last one, might have been the one prior. They revealed that that policy was being lifted. That God only needed it for a couple of years, and now it's good.
1: Okay. So how long was that that policy in effect? Was it? I think 2006 is when it started, right, or something?
0: No, it it wasn't 2006. I want to say it was 2013 or 2014. We're talking.
1: Oh, it was recent.
0: Five-ish years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was. Uh. uh in fact, it was. If you've ever watched on. Uh, HBO, there is a, a documentary about the lead singer of Imagine Dragons who was raised in the church, uh, and it's not from that long ago. It was during their concert that they were going to do to benefit basically children who have been destroyed by these policies mm-hmm. because Utah has a disgustingly high suicide rate, especially amongst GRSM kids. Um, Uh, And and basically, it was during the publicity for all this stuff that we were leading up to that the church revealed that new rule and basically was like, it's funny because on the one hand, they were actually uh, supporting, vocally supporting this Love Lives, I think it was called, uh, benefit that was going to happen. Right. And then comes out with this policy that is just a huge fuck you to anybody who is GRSM themselves. Yeah, That is it,
1: really messed up. I didn't know about all of that, actually.
0: Way fucked up.
1: But yeah, um, okay. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, you wanted to know about the new name thing, right? Yes. So part of the temple ritual is you get what is your heavenly name. And this is supposed to be a revelation, basically, of what your name was prior to coming to Earth. Which is another thing about Mormonism: we we apparently all lived forever, and then we existed as like intelligent Spirit God. Form. God creates us from intelligences to spirits, and then we are born, uh, and our memories are wiped when we come to Earth. Um, and uh, and you had a name prior, and you get that name in the temple, and a man gets to know his wife's name, but a wife doesn't get to know the husband's name unless the husband chooses to share it. Uh, uh, but he, like, he is entitled to know that name. She is not. Um, and, uh, the funny thing though is the church tells the temples what name to use every day. Everyone who goes to the temple that day gets the same name. Really? Yeah. So if that day it's Michael, if that day it's Michael, everyone is Michael.
1: How do they justify it to themselves? Like they know it's fake,
0: right? Uh, Justify anything from the temple. This is how they do it. We're not going to discuss it. It's too sacred.
1: That is so strange to me. So do you want to tell us what yours was? Did you get one? Oh, I never, I never.
0: I never did that. I also never did my patriarchal blessing, which you're supposed to do as a teenager. It's basically a super horoscope, but at that time they also tell you what tribe of Israel you belong to, Uh, so that's fun too, yeah.
1: That's interesting. Uh, For reference, you look like a Eustace or a Judd, one of those two. I bet you were a Eustace or a Judd.
0: Yeah, it was probably both. I was probably Judd Eustace. Yeah, Um, probably. Fun thing with the patriarchal blessing, I don't know if you all had anything similar to this, but it literally is like it's just a giant horoscope. It's meant to tell you things about your future in vague terms that you're supposed to look out for and things you'll accomplish and things of that nature. Yeah. The reason why I didn't do it is because this is kind of talked about as almost one of the like most prophety prophecies things that happen like that. This is a person with basically God just standing next to him, whispering in the ear, telling the patriarch the truths about you, who you are, what you do. And patriarchs also talk about like, whenever I finish a patriarchal blessing, the spiritual energy it takes just zaps me and I'll, I'll, I'll basically be in bed for five days. So it's basically just a bunch right. of dudes wanting to get waited on for five days by the wise. But yeah. um, I was convinced that if I were to get my patriarchal blessing, the guy would touch my head and instantly know I was masturbating all the time. And so that's why I really? kept finding reasons to put it off. Yep.
1: Oh, that's funny. Uh, okay. So here's a hot take that I'm gonna drag you into kicking and screaming. Do you know Orson Scott Card? No.
0: Wait, you don't no know? Yeah, okay. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I know that name.
1: Ender's Game. Do you know Ender's Game, the book and the yeah. movie and everything? Yeah. Have you heard I about do. the guy? Do you know his whole controversy or whatever?
0: I okay. I don't no. Not not All much right, about here's any of that. Here's the
1: thing. I was honestly a really big fan of those books when I was younger. It turns out he's a Mormon and he was uh he is like on the council of like the most homophobic organization in the u.s or some ridiculous thing and people were protesting the book and everything i was wondering what your take was on him but i guess you don't know him so
0: here's my surprise face (laughs) like
1: yeah yeah it's
0: mormonism internalizes homophobia with a smile and it makes you become naturally homophobic under the guise of you are extending love. And they say these things to comfort themselves, like, hey, listen, I understand you're going through that, but just so you know, I have sins I have to worry about too. I'm not saying I'm better than you, you just have to handle your sin, I have to handle mine, but by the way, after I get back from my mission, I uh, I will locate or in not quite a range, but basically it'd be like, you, if you're going to singles ward, there's a limited number of people available to marry. They basically line them up for you. You pick one, you start dating, you get married, usually in like two or three months because Mormons are fucking not smart <laughs> when it comes to marriage. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it's like, and then you will have a person who's pretty much spiritually obligated to fuck you. Um, uh, yeah. But you know, no such relief for the gay person who just has to deal with their sin and live a life of right. celibacy or fake it, fake heteronormativity until they make it. Uh That's yeah, I'm not That's pretty
1: much how it's been with Jehovah's Witnesses too.
0: I'm not remotely surprised about um uh
1: that Orson Scott Card
0: is a huge homophobe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really disappointing. I haven't read the books in forever because I didn't really want to contribute to all that, you know.
0: Yeah, I uh I, I'm not much I don't read much fiction anyway. I usually read nonfiction, so uh I had heard the name as an author. I've probably had heard the name too uh growing up that because yeah. they were Mormon. Um I mean the same thing with like uh the the Twilight author, like that was the big thing. The author of Twilight's a Mormon. What, and this were is they Mormon? They really? are Mormon. This is something people really have to consider. There are very talented people that you when you support Ten percent of their income goes to a super homophobic organization way worse than if you don't eat Chick-fil-A, but you support Mormon uh, uh, creators or whatever financially, you're kind of a hypocrite. Like it's 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 this this church and organization is behind so much homophobic transphobic just douchey stuff that for me took years to program out of my own homophobia prevented me from sucking dick like that's i am not a straight man but i had travesty. no idea about that because of my internal eyes what'd you say
1: that's yeah. the biggest tra- travesty about the whole situation
0: uh, No, i mean the the dead kids but are, are a little worse yeah uh, Tell me a little
1: bit about that, actually, will you? Because I don't know much about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mormonism is be celibate or fake it, and those are your options. And Mormon children hear all this stuff about how we don't hate you, we hate your sin. Well, for a lot of gay kids, feels a lot like there's no difference. Because for a lot of us, for myself included, our sexuality is a huge part of us and our character. So it yeah. sounds like you're saying, the natural way I feel, you hate. And that's the doctrine behind it. We, we do hate your sin. And they use the word hate. Uh, we just don't hate you. And you have to manage the sin. And, and no, being gay is wrong. And then there's also just the way that turns into how the people around you treat it, how your Mormon friends yeah. talk about it. I mean, it is just blatantly homophobic stuff to the mildly homophobic like me at 14 trying to convince a gay man that he hadn't considered boobs uh, to people just blatantly saying that this is something that should be illegalized. And we should go back to the good old days when there was a punishment for anal sex.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that is insane.
0: The whole thing is terrible. Uh, And so. There's not the and this has turned into an extremely high rate of GRSM children killing themselves in Utah. To I mean, it is a damn epidemic there. It's Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think you mentioned earlier that the suicide rate is like disproportionately high in Utah, right?
0: Sometimes I have the numbers ready at a given moment, but as everyone else has already seen, my brain farts of the night. Uh, uh, not not readily available uh, here, but I can pull them up.
1: All right, that's cool. Yeah, while well, you're pulling that up, Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of similar. They actually, I think that they're a little bit less aggressive toward it, but it's the same thing. You have to live a certain way. You have to fake being straight or just never marry, never just be celibate, love the sinner, hate the sin kind of thing, you know? It's like, it's a, it's kind of a hard, like how do you separate the love the sinner, hate the thing, the hate the sin kind of thing like that? Like it really does feel exactly the same, doesn't it? When somebody's saying that about you.
0: It's, it's, again, these are things, and I know people don't like for you to make comparison to other people's struggles and stuff, but there are times where it's yeah. extremely relevant. These are things like, it's like saying, I don't hate you. I, I don't hate you. I hate the sin of you being white, which by the way, the Mormon church, not a great history on since the whole being cursed is why you were black in the past. I mean, they essentially said that same thing like, Hey, we love you. We want you to participate in the church, but we will restrict how much you can participate because of that curse you got on there. It's it's a repackaging of something that they've already done. It's yeah, it is terrible. I uh, uh, I'll I'll present it in a future video because I'm going to be talking about Mormonism and and uh, anti-gay initiatives again here and here in the future. But I'm pretty sure it has some. Uh, I'm pretty sure the number is 2.5 times more likely uh, Jesus, uh, to kill yourself. Yeah. Um, that is
1: that is insane. That's crazy high.
0: And they had done some empirical studies, in, I think 2016 linking directly the the teachings from the ch- church on it um so yeah I mean the church the church in the past has a history of other like terrible things there you weren't Brigham Young uh, condemned and I believe endorsed the death penalty for people in interracial marriages like this is not a church who has a progressive record and they are always behind everybody else in making the changes like people right. talk about, Uh, 1978, God changed his mind about black people. And Mormons love to bring up like, listen, this is what a lot of of churches at that time. But for the most part, most churches had already come around. I'm not saying that segregation didn't exist to some degree still, but tons of churches had already updated and come around to it. They are always behind social change, but then conveniently after being behind that social change, God reveals now is the time after society has already said, yeah, we isn't hate God's what you're doing. To be
1: able to... Right. God's, I mean, God has their ear, basically. Uh, right. The prophet speaks directly to God, supposedly. Why is God passing down this information way yeah. too late?
0: Why did God right? tell Joseph Smith to fuck a 14 year old? And, that's another thing Mormons like to to point to how normal it was at the time. No, it wasn't. Oh, that yeah. was still right. not considered normal in the 1830s when this shit was going down.
1: Right. It's really yep. twisted around and crooked. I know that uh, Jehovah's the Jehovah's Witness founder, interestingly enough, actually went to church with the founder of Seventh-day Adventists. So I, as far as I know, Joseph Smith is getting his start in the 1820s with the plates and the whatnots, and then Mormonism was really starting to grab hold through the 1850s, the 60s, 70s, and then 1870, I think. Jehovah's Witness leadership, uh, the founder, which was named Charles Hayes Russell, was going to a church, a Millerite church, with Ellen G. White. They knew each other, which is so mind blowing, but. They ended up using math that the Millerites had come up with to calculate the end of, like, the the beginning of Armageddon, basically. They had this Bible math that calculated out to, like, 2,520 years, and they came up with this start date and all this other junk. It was really crazy. But that's how Jehovah's Witnesses land on 1914 as a date. Um, And they kept changing it as time went on. But
0: so Mormons, uh, uh, similarly, because Joseph Smith just plagiarized the shit out of other cults and other fringe thinking, uh, Joseph Smith's right hand dude was a guy called Oliver Cowdery. Yeah. Oliver Cowdery and his family attended a church led by a guy who wrote a book called On the View of On the View of Hebrews. Uh, uh, Hebrews, yes, and basically it was make. This is the book that made the case that Native Americans were a lost tribe of Israel, that they are ancient Jews, and that's basically Joseph and Oliver just stole that because that's what the Book of Mormon is supposed to be, is a record of an ancient Native American tribe who is... It's the actual story of how they went from Jerusalem to the American continent, and it is just demonstrated to be bullshit because the things included in that book couldn't have been in America it would have changed the entire continent and the entire history of the actual Native Americans uh and you know go ahead no no no. go ahead
1: speaking of all of that um you actually introduced me to the CES letter and I'm sure a lot of you guys know what that is but if you don't it's it was written by Jeremy Runnels and it's this big long letter Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here he wrote it to the Mormon church I think it's, it's a book now. It's like 107 pages long or something he right. has gone through and added to it. But it details every problem with the Book of Mormon, with the Mormon Church, and all that other stuff. And I was going through the CES letter at one point, and I feel like he was talking about uh, how they had claimed that Native Americans were an ancient Hebrew tribe from Israel. and. Right. I guess they did DNA testing on Native Americans and proved that they're not, just unequivocally it, it, beyond, that's just it.
0: Right. Beyond not. It's impossible that they are.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. apparently the Mormon Church has come out and, and said, okay, we know they're not. But how do they square that? Like, how, It's in this book that they believe to be fact. How do they square that? I don't understand.
0: <sighs> Let me become my dad.
1: Okay. Mm-mm. <clears throat>
0: Well, listen, while these may have been people who coexisted with the Native Americans, we can't know for sure that current day Native Americans are descendants of Nephites. And lots of people, lots of civilizations haven't been discovered. We don't discover them until we do. So, with how big the continent is, uh, maybe one day we'll, we will discover the Lamanites and the Nephites, but we just haven't so far.
1: Okay, Interesting. they're just changing the narrative. So,
0: they're they're moving the goalpost and changing the whole fucking narrative. Because now they will basically say, okay, current Native Americans, even though blatantly this is not what Joseph Smith said, current Native Americans were may not actually be Lamanites' descendants. Uh, but we just but haven't found them yet. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, speaking of the CES letter, if anybody watching knows Jeremy Runnels. I've been trying to get a hold of Jeremy because I would very much like to work with Jeremy uh, being ex-Mormon myself and him being perhaps the single uh, uh, most pivotal part of Mormonism, losing membership. I mean, it's just been so important to the disillusionment of so many people, uh, and specifically I'd like to talk about collaborating with him, but also offer, he's been talking about for years, uh, doing an, offering an audiobook version of it, and it just hasn't happened, and I assume that has to do with perhaps finding a narrator, and I 100% would love to offer to narrate that shit. It would genuinely be the that honor be of a awesome. lifetime. It's the kind of thing that would make me cry when it's done. I would just feel, yes. yeah. So anyway, anyone knows Jeremy Runnels? I would absolutely love to use my platform to uh, uh, signal boost his and uh, you know make that make that connect. Uh, do you want
1: Genuinely to- a useful thing, the CES letter is. It, it, it's
0: it, if only it exists something like it existed for every religion because it is it is basically a, a an individual writing what is now a long letter of, I believed in the church, then I found, did research, here are all the things that make the church impossible. Please, could you answer for me? why this has been the church's either stance on things, history presented, or whatever else, and it's it's just an incredible fucking document. It
1: is. I would love to ha- make the Jehovah's Witness version of that, but it's I can't even imagine how much time and work went into that letter, seriously. It must have been it's, insane.
0: It's one of those things where I sit there and I'm like, Telltale, I think it'd be amazing if you did, but you and I both know neither of us are as smart as the guy who wrote. Right. Like when you just read the seriously. CES letter, you're like, holy fuck this dude this dude did lifetimes of research in in a short enough time to publish this i mean it's it's bananas. Uh, we are going to move to the super chat reading portion. We will answer your questions over super chat unless, of course, you had any other question that you're just dying to hear. However, I and the, su- and the live chat can tell us right now whether or not they think so. I think that this went exceptionally well to the point that uh, uh, doing something exactly like this again, I think would be a lot of fun. We will, uh, we'll see what the live chat thinks of such a thing. But did you have anything yeah. else you, that was pressing that you wanted to know I'm before good. we switch? Uh, cool. Not
1: me, no, no no questions for you or any of that, so let's hit it.
0: Yeah, for the people who hear that and think it's time to leave, I will tell you, oftentimes new conversations pop out of these things that are just as good. Obviously there are gonna be a few people just saying, hey, love the channel, but uh, I, I often love the conversations that pop out of this, uh, but we're gonna try and run through these and see if we can't be out of here at half past the hour uh so getting started here the blue asks i love your theme song who wrote it uh i don't know it's honestly stock music through uh i i have a like a network team and they that's the music provider they use and so i picked it out of a list thank you uh, yorian hips lorian or yorian uh savannah Kra- Kra- Krakis that's that's like a super dope name even though I don't know how to say it right. Uh, Left three hearts, Alex Vasilev says, first stream viewer, love your channel. Jimu, I think you meant Jimmy, but I'll take Jimu. Actually, I think that's like a meme ending it in you. I think it has something to do with anime. Uh, Jeff Cop says, love the channel, Jimmy, thank you. Sinvia says, hi Telltale, I love you. Jimmy is cool too, I guess. Uh,
1: Oh, thanks, (laughs) that's awesome.
0: Laguerre, I think maybe that's pronounced, says, Thanks so much for the good work and also for the inspiration and motivation to start my French Atheist channel. I hardly can express how much I love what you do. I very, very much appreciate it. It's always funny with this. I, I, uh, uh, with Super Chats, I always encourage people include uh, a question because I, I just feel so weird reading my own compliments out loud to an audience. Right. Um, let's see. Wayne Yates at Telltale: Should trans women be in female leagues?
1: That's complicated. Uh, I I have always stood for trans rights since day one, and I always will stand for trans rights. What do you think about it?
0: Uh, I mean, put very very simply. First of all, this was not the topic at hand, so I see what you were trying to do there. However, put simply, trans women are women. Period. No asterisk. Yeah. Nothing. So yes, women should be allowed in women's leagues. Now, I have a lot of doubts about whether or not gender is the things we should be dividing leagues and sports up by, period. I mean, literally, regarding everything, uh, especially because this is extremely exclusionary to people who don't identify as male or female, but put very, very simply, W- trans women are women. So if we're doing women's sports leagues, then yes, trans women believe, yeah. belong in women in women's leagues. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Meredith Nevin, first of all, holy shit, you spoil me so much. I am uh, blown away. Uh, but Meredith says, can't watch the stream because I'm at work, but I really hope this makes you... Sorry, makes your terrible week better. Love you, man. Uh, this week, by the way, it started getting better about halfway through. There's been more drama and more fights and more things people wanted to pull me yeah. into. But, yeah, it's been it, – it, it's it's getting better. However, I it how generous you are definitely makes me at least take pause and go, holy shit, people really like me. Uh, and mm. that's – I literally, in a call with my patrons yesterday, was like, Somebody reminded me that these are patrons because once we get going, it's just it feels like an interaction with friends and someone reminded me they were patrons like, yeah, could you all not do that? Because then I have to remember and acknowledge the fact that you all pay me money. And that's so bizarre to me. Like you need better spending habits, but do sign up on Patreon (laughs) anyway. Faina Yesen uh, says, "Who I can now pronounce their at least their first name correctly." My grandma was deeply religious, Russian Orthodox, and my parents are atheist. She baptized me and my twin sister twice. I don't know what for. Maybe just to be sure. Both times against our parents' will. Uh, my housemate was baptized after my after his dad basically begged him to. He was baptized in the kitchen sink. Uh, so it, it's funny how. That's interesting. How the, The baptism stuff is out. Now, Mormonism actually does contain second baptism, which is basically a thing where, say, you worked on like you had you had done a serious sin and you worked on it with your bishop or something or you left the church and came back Uh, you can have a second baptism and literally wipe your slate clean again so that's that's another way you can have all of your sins absolved or if you make it to a certain point in the church you will be extended basically a second endowment and uh, basically these are high leadership which is something that is new that people are learning about you are pre-absolved from all sins. There's nothing you can do that will stop you from going to the celestial kingdom. Oh,
1: wow, that's cool. So can you get as many baptisms as you want or is it limited to two?
0: If you, I feel like if, if you got your second one and they knew about it, no one would offer you a third. Mm. Okay. They, <laughs> they tried it to pretend it's at least somewhat serious. Thank you, Lakota Stewart. Uh, Antithesis Studio, I watch a lot of ID channels and there seems to be a lot of stories on that which involve Mormon murderers. Do you think the teachings could predispose people to that or is there no real correlation in your opinion? I see more correlation to domestic violence, sex violence, and things of that nature than I do to necessarily murder outright. Now, obviously, domestic violence sometimes turns into murder, uh, but the fact that There is so much emphasis on men being the authority of their families and that they shouldn't be questioned by children or wives that they can ask for input for their wives. But at the end of the day, if they say, God told me this is how we're doing it. Wives aren't really permitted to question that. Uh, I think that leads to a lot of uh, that kind of violence. Faina is back and says, I had to voice over a video that had restricted by legal reg- regulations. Try to pronounce that from the first go. It took me 17 takes. Um, Mrs. Misanthropy says, been having problems with sleeping because of my CPTSD. For people who don't know, that means complex PTSD. Uh, nightmares, your videos have been a help when I need some rationality back into my head. I, um, I get so I. I not saying this is the same thing. PTSD nightmares are totally different. What I can say is I I can feel more than just sympathy but some level of empathy because I stress dream a lot and they often turn into nightmares. Some of it actually is a result of trauma from a kid but a lot of it's just playing out stress dreams and basically playing out things I'm worried about as happening as badly as they could. Uh, Those are and those have been much more frequent lately as things have been more stressful. Uh, white ferret in the military the focus is team rather than individual but the team watches out for the individuals I got your six <laughs> uh, unlike cults you have a set enlistment time pay benefits food they pay you not you paying them that is a really really good point and mostly when I say there is uh, uh, the things I see that are cult parallels is literally the breakdown of the individual and the personality and the making because that getting the team the team community effort is Still popular amongst cults, too. And so it's, yeah. it's that breaking down and letting go of, of your individualism in favor of the team. That's what I was it's trying exactly
1: to It's exactly like a cult. I mean, that's how they do it, exactly the same way.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But I totally get your note there, White Ferret. And again, this is something that would be way better to have a veteran on. Uh, uh, to discuss or even an active member this and that's something I generally want to do is whenever I'm having conversations about specific people and specific uh, experiences I do prefer to have a person affected by that um, as present Uh, I can't pronounce your name because I don't know how to read I think that is kanji it's called Uh, I think it's a form of Japanese but I have no idea I'm an you have a little bit of an anime picture though so I think so uh, I'm an ex-Christian, now pagan, and I love your channel, and I want to thank you for being a light and distraction during a hard time in my life. Also a trans and bisexual viewer. Thank you so much for that. Honestly, nice. right now, the the amount of support I've been getting from the trans community this week with the kinds of shit people have been trying to attack me with has been fucking incredible. Um, Shaney Bug, just what I needed today. I moved out of Utah ASAP. Good. Good, because... Holy shit! I think you sent that too when we were talking right after I said Utah is a total state theocracy, and it is. Traeol, the man, who, the man knows the name so he can decide whether or not to call his brides to him at the resurrection. Right, that is the original intent of that because. Uh Mormonism also has a an eternal polygamy principle like when we become gods we will be polygamous gods and you literally learn the name and will then have the choice so when you're you're sealed for eternity and yet there was original uh doctrine that you technically could just not call your wife she didn't have to be a part of So
1: it. can she call you then if she knows no. your name? No. Okay. Wow. <clears throat>
0: She might say it out loud, but you wouldn't have to go to the call. But she would.
1: Okay, Faina that's
0: insane. Is, yeah, there's the whole thing is so fucking sexist. <laughs> Faena Yesen a perk. Nothing stops you from sucking D anymore. You damn right it. That's very true. You're right. Jenny, just Jenny. Arc encounter. Rain damage. One million insurance claim denied.
1: Heard about that.
0: Fuck yeah. yeah. White Ferret asked GRSM, it stands for uh, gender, uh, uh, GRSM, you wrote G, romantic GSRM. And
1: sexual.
0: they flipped the letters, but yeah, minorities. gender, romantic, sexual minorities. Uh, I want to be clear here too, because some people have brought this up, I, uh, for people who experience attraction that is not okay, and I'll just leave it at that, you have my sympathy, uh, except of course until you uh, act on it. There are people who are suggesting GRSM is not as good to use because they can use that as being a sexual minority and try to be included in what was previously called LGBT and, and, and with additional letters and a plus. Right. Uh, the GRSM, GRSM still has held to it total and unnegotiable consent as the most important thing. And so this means all the kinds of consent regarding whether or not you are of the age or of the species to consent to another human. Uh, uh, Consent is still important and it is no more inclusive of people acting on those attractions than the plus in LGBTQIA pluses. So uh, I just want to make that clear. My switching to GRSM is in no way an endorsement of uh, things that are fucking wrong.
1: And that so GRSM is made to replace LGBT and all the other.
0: Yeah, LGBTQIA plus is basically where we had settled down. Uh, And then some people add a second Q, some people add a second I. And for my purposes, GRSM is extremely inclusive of all people as long as they are interested in informed and enthusiastic consent. Uh, Mike Mick. My best friend is a Jack Mormon and the info you provide is amazing. We agree not to talk about Smith, so it won't ruin our friendship, love y'all. Yeah, that's one of those hard things too because at a certain point, if you start to see a person's religion make them a bad person, but you love them, you want to interfere and it, it becomes yeah, becomes super fucking tough. Mythical melodies, have you two already talked about, oh, I refreshed and lost it, there we go. Have you two already talked about uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and other Christian cults homeschooling their kids to isolate and indoctrinate them. Thank you for all you do. I have done one video on that. More are definitely coming, but there is a video regarding Mormon homeschooling and how dangerous it absolutely is, because it is super dangerous. I've actually
1: Uh, done it too uh, on Jehovah's Witnesses. I was homeschooled and it's just toxic. It's really bad.
0: Yep. What uh, uh, was it all religious curriculum, or did they try to inject things like math and sciences to it?
1: Uh, well, Jehovah's Witnesses don't have their own curriculum, so I went with American School, but the real issue, it was just a standard curriculum, the real mm-hmm. issue is is that they just pressed the religion down my throat. Um, not as much as other religions, obviously, that have their own curriculum uh, like that, but it was not good. And isolating Kids from society is not good either. Homeschooling has to be done the correct way to make sure they get the social interaction that they really need as yeah. a kid. And it's, it's, there's a failure on that a lot with religious homeschooling.
0: Big time. So, uh, yeah. Mythical Melodies, have you two, oh, that was what, the one we just did. Mab Joslin, please more Telltale and Jimmy collabs. Love you both. Mab, you know I friggin' love you. Uh, Indigo Hanahan, land mother fluffin' daddy. That's a new swear word, I think, for us. Land mother That's fluffin' awesome. daddy. Uh, Alyssa Vizi, love you both. Sarah Gardner, thank you. Viviana B., thank you so much for all you do. You helped me get over my lingering self-hate and transphobia toward myself due to my Mormon upbringing. Yes, Good. same experience, and I am so glad. So for the so record, I always, always want to specify you did it, and you did the work. I am so glad I could be there to uh, uh, present information or distractions or whatever, but at the end of the day, that is your fucking accomplishment, and I am proud as fuck of you. Um, I hate So much so I had to swear, <laughs> just to really emphasize it. Uh, Mab Joslin wants to know if you've ever thought of doing ASMR with your voice.
1: Who, me? Um... Yeah. Um, probably not. I do know that there's an ASMR channel that subscribed to me. I think he's an ex Jehovah's Witness. So just out of curiosity, decided to go check his channel out, went there. It was really, um, it led me to some dark places on YouTube. <laughs> it was pretty strange, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, there's like, a
0: good and a bad side of it all for sure.
1: Yeah. There was <clears throat> one person who was eating a pickle, and it, that was the ASMR. They were eating a pickle. And so they start like touching the mic like this. And then they get right up to it. You just crunch. It was so funny, man. I don't know. I, I laughed. Oh, I'm sorry. You have a thing about pickles, don't you?
0: You fucking asshole. <laughs> Pretend I'm sorry. You didn't I forgot. The, I've, uh, I've, I've <laughs> on this very channel thrown up a pickle. I remember. Uh, I saw that. <sighs> I literally an actual shudder when you talked about the crunch. Okay, Think uh,
1: Pringles instead.
0: Julie Howell. Thank you. Prosciutto. I'll think about prosciutto cheese. Thoughts on the transgender homelessness problem policy. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't understand how lots of things aren't impeachable offenses. And I genuinely believe Donald Trump's blatant Disregard and hostility toward the trans community is a total rejection of his oath of office to serve us and to serve all people. And the fact that they are now trying to make sure transgender people don't have the same protections at homeless shelters and things of that nature as anybody else is fucking Disgusting. I think that Donald Trump is not only a bad president, I think much of his presidency, especially in regards to how you treat. Refugees, the LGBT or GRSM community, how how people are treated who don't have a white penis like his. uh, Basically, I I think Donald Trump's presidency is a human rights violation at the end of the day fuck that guy and the golden horse he fucking rode in on i agree thank you to whoever left me money but then deleted the message i hope you know that i still get the money (laughs) i don't know if if they understand that that's how that works uh white ferret i'm a veteran 18 years of service i'd love to have that conversation definitely email me we will definitely talk i'd love to i'd love to hear your take on it too and uh and And then also, obviously, this is actually the reason why I talk about it and harp on it a little bit is actually having some discussions with uh, basically ex-Mormon, like my brother, an ex-Mormon veteran who is literally like, yeah, here's all the things that were very similar about those two experiences. Um, Sinvia, I had a great homeschool experience from two to 12. Uh, And and. I don't think any of us are saying that homeschool has to suck. In fact, right. uh, my nieces are homeschooled, and it's secular uh, uh, because it's it's by uh, my brother and sister-in-law who are both atheists. And I genuinely think they're the education they're getting is likely Top way tier. better. It's a lot of not just schooling, but also experiences. Going and I mean they're they're posting yeah. field trips all the fucking time. Uh, so I, I my my guess is that there are, it, when it can be afforded to an individual, because not everybody has that commodity that it can be tremendously good for, um, for people.
1: Yeah, yeah I, but a lot of the time it's abused. That's the problem. There are people who are very fortunate and have a good experience with it.
0: But. Yeah. I always default to what I think is Latin pronunciation when I have no idea how to pronounce a name. So I'm gonna say that your name is Taneke noll, maybe. Uh, of my half brothers, different mother to me, one is a Jehovah's Witness, one is a stoner, and one is in prison. Do you think in cultish religions the one-third indoctrination rate is fairly standard? One-third, one-third
1: indoctrination. indoctrination rate. I've, I've never, never heard. Of it, such a thing. I've never heard if it's like uh, yeah, is it a rule or something? I think that usually when Jehovah's Witnesses oh, I get it, it, okay. specifically,
0: let me okay, explain it. All right, he has three half brothers. And the indoctrination worked on one of the three. So oh, I that's see. that's what he's saying is. And that's that's actually sure. fascinating because of my twelve siblings, two of them are out. So we're right now at a quarter. Uh well, no, it's 13 with me. So three of us are totally out. One of us is definitely a Jack Mormon. One of us is currently sliding back into Mormonism, but we'll be out of it by the time they're a more intelligent adult. Uh, A couple of them, while still Mormon, are rather progressive individuals, which is totally defiant of our upbringing. So I would say that that one, I mean, that's interesting. I I personally think with a lot of cults, though, you're going to see most people end up leaving um, eventually, now that the information age has begun.
1: In my case, there I had uh, three siblings, and then myself, and then my dad and my mom, an aunt and two cousins that were in it. And literally every single one of them is out except for my mom now. That's it. So I see. Take that for what you will.
0: Um, so, there is an explanation of LaGuar, LaGuar, LaGuar is the French word for auger, which is not a word I'm super familiar with, but I know it exists in English. It has something to do with um, like natural signs and stuff, I think, birds and shit. Anyway, uh, I don't have birds. any questions though. I feel lucky my parents were atheists and I haven't been fed bullshit deing young. I sent another message just to hear you try again. Le All right, hang on, I will look up this word and I will get a pronunciation of it. Uh, uh, the right way to say it. Let's see. Nope, I apparently won't. I'm trying though. Pronunciation. I can only
1: see some of the uh, super chats. Not all I'm
0: of them. A, I'm on my like channel feed of them where I can see them all right. together. Yeah. Right. So I'm. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Have, oh girl, little girl, little girl. That's <laughs> something like that. Anyway, uh, uh, that. Hopefully won't be isolated as a clip and played on repeat can make that one of my best hits
1: (laughs) Ten-hour version
0: Uh, Yeah, I think we are at the end of our super chest. Oh somebody. Okay. I I do deserve this deserves an answer What is a jack mormon? It's basically a mormon who doesn't follow all of the mormon rules That's it's a they believe but they also enjoy living their fucking life And so that's that's what a jack mormon is. That's cool. Yeah, it's not embraced by the church. You're not supposed to be a Jack Mormon. It's right outside of the church. People love Jack Mormons inside of the church. It's a derogatory term. Yeah. All right. I think we are going to leave it there. I honestly I I couldn't be more fond of how this uh, uh, whole thing went. Uh, but Telltale's already texted me and said he's never coming back. Well, you ruined that. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> can't really, can't really stand by that. Thank you all so yeah, much for watching. Dead. Don't forget to hit up Telltale's channel uh, and to look out on this channel for our upcoming collab covering part three of the Byte Model, which is thought control. We promise that it will definitely happen in June. Right? Can we promise that? Is that yeah? yeah I, we it'll,
1: can do that in June. Yeah, I'm down.
0: It'll be we'll probably record before like June actually hits like some a weekday next week. but my guess is yeah. early June. we'll We'll get it in there. Uh, a last yeah. moment super chat. Android on mute says, if God is omnipotent, he can go fuck himself. I don't think I could say a, a better statement to go out on. So let's just let that ride. Thank you all so much for watching. I'm Jimmy Snow. What the fuck do I know? Mr. Atheist was not my father. I just combined my catchphrases. <laughs> Now they can still hear us, but I let this card ride for a little bit to make sure that the live feed doesn't cut off too early. But we All are right. going to go off air in five, four, three, two, one, and.